Clancy Pasta presents, I open my sister's Photoshop files, written by Hybrid Pumpkin. When my sister Mary moved back into the house, it didn't sit well with my parents. She had moved out on her own for a year, and in that time had managed to blow every single penny at a casino. She claimed she would move out again once she was back on her feet, but after eight months of her living with us, there seemed to be little hope of her leaving anytime soon. My mom and dad were desperate. They set up interviews, they forced her to do job shadow, anything to get her a job. She was 27 years old, and my parents were too old to be looking after her all the time. In my young age of 13, I wasn't able to move out, but I avoided being a nuisance. Every day, Mary would leave the house, normally very early in the morning. She would be gone all day. The only time I'd see my sister were at dinner time, and that was it. After that, she would disappear into a room until she left again the next morning. Mary claimed to be spending all this time networking and searching for openings, but we all knew the truth. She was going to her boyfriend, Jeremy's place. None of us had seen Jeremy for a long time as they never came over, but she would post pictures of them to her social media almost every day. They would be sitting on a bench at the park, or on a chair at the pool, or standing on the beach. In the standing pictures, Mary was always supporting Jeremy. He was leaning on her, arms around her shoulders, I learned to disregard her posts, as most of them were the same. However, I did notice that she had astonishing amounts of likes on her pictures. For some reason, I never seemed to picture my sister as popular, but it was a little strange seeing the hundreds of thousands of likes and followers she had. A few times, I attempted to listen in on what Mary was doing in her room. I never heard anything interesting, just the sounds of her breathing and the trackpad on her laptop being clicked. During the day when she wasn't there, I didn't go into her room, as it was on the opposite side of our house from mine. On the rare occasion that I did happen to glance into her room, I didn't notice anything of interest, just some empty chip wrappers on the floor and several pictures of her and her boyfriend framed on her desk and nightstand. I suppose I should tell you why I'm explaining this to you. Well, I never thought much of any of her behavior until 4 o'clock one morning, when I was aroused by the sound of the door slamming. It was unusual for me to be awoken by this. For one, I'm a deep sleeper, and on top of that, the door is on the complete opposite side of my house from where I sleep. I slowly sat up, rubbing the sleep from my eyes. I checked the clock. 4 a.m. I groaned. Thinking I could catch a glimpse of my sister, I climbed out of bed and walked down the hallway that snakes through our house. As I neared the front door, I noticed a soft glow emitting from Mary's room. I glanced over at the window next to our door. No sign of Mary. I didn't intend to snoop. I was just planning on turning off her laptop for her, but as I walked up to her bed, I realized that she had left open her Photoshop project page. I thought about her social media pictures, and it made sense that she would touch up her photos before posting them online. The thought came to me that this was what she spent all her time doing, during the day holding a photo shoot with her boyfriend and editing the pictures at night. Curiosity overcame me, and I was suddenly tempted to look at some of her files. What harm could it do? There were just a few pictures she had taken of her and Jeremy, and all she was doing were little basic things like color correcting and touching up little blemishes. 
Having recently become somewhat interested in photography myself, I figured looking through some of her Photoshop files would be a learning experience for me. So, I sat down on her bed and placed her computer in my lap. I clicked on the first one, the most recently updated project, titled Park 3. As I waited for the file to load, I took a look around her room. Most of it lay shrouded in darkness. I could see a poster on the wall parallel to myself, and on the floor a pile of trash. On the bed next to me lay a dirty, stained duffel bag. It was closed up, but the smell coming from it told me I shouldn't open it. The whole room emitted a foul stench, a combination of rotted food and mildew on the walls. I didn't plan on spending a whole lot of time in her room, just a minute or so, allowing me to take a peek at the image. Eventually, the file loaded fully. I looked at the picture. It was a shot of Mary and Jeremy in some park, Jeremy's arms wrapped around her as if she were supporting him. At a glance, the picture was rather normal. There didn't appear to be anyone in the background, just a dirt path that trailed into a patch of woods behind them. They both had almost unnaturally wide smiles plastered onto their faces. It seemed like a normal picture. That was before I started to analyze Jeremy. Actually, half of him looked completely normal. From the waist down, no blemishes could be seen, just a pair of ripped-up jeans and a generic pair of tennis shoes. The colors looked good and there didn't look to be any issues. I guess that Mary was working on editing Jeremy before she was forced to leave, as he was half done. The disturbing part was his upper half. If I zoomed in very much at all, I began to see it an unmistakable blemish. An enormous bloodstain. It soaked his shirt almost entirely. From a distance, you might think it was just the color of his shirt, but once you looked at it, you knew exactly what it was. I didn't know where so much blood could have come from. Was he wounded? Did he hurt someone or something? Was it just my imagination playing tricks on me? After all, it was quite early, and I had just woken up. Perhaps my eyes were messing with me, making me imagine something in the picture that wasn't really there. That was what I thought, at least, until I examined his face. It, too, was splattered in blood. Not as much of it, but still very noticeable. It was also caked in what looked like mud or dirt. His cheeks were sunken in, and his hair, which from other pictures seemed to be flowing, full, and blonde, was now stringy and tangled more like the color of soiled milk than anything else. But none of that was as disturbing as the eyes. They were cold, lifeless, as if he were staring off into space. From Mary's finished pictures, Jeremy appeared to have bright blue eyes, cheery and full of life. But here, they were less saturated, more dead than alive. They were a milky white color, glazed over in a way that made him look like a zombie. Mary herself seemed to be fine. She wasn't perfect in the picture. The colors weren't as good as they normally were, and there were a few scuff marks on her jeans. I was certain that she hadn't done any editing to herself yet. I wanted to believe that this was all fake, just a creepy makeup job, but it wasn't anywhere near Halloween, and it all seemed too strange, too unfinished. She was clearly trying to hide Jeremy's issues with Photoshop. I only had a few memories of my sister's boyfriend, and most of them were fuzzy at best. It had been years since he'd come to our house. 
The clearest memory I had of Jeremy was of him showing me a camera drone that he had just bought. I remembered feeling somewhat envious, as I didn't have anything like that. I remember begging him to let me fly it, and I accidentally steered it into a tree. It got a little dent, and Jeremy was furious. After that, I couldn't recall anything else, but I could still remember his appearance. He truly did have luscious blonde hair. His cheeks were full and rosy, not sunken and decaying. His eyes were crystal blue, and not a milky white. I exited out of Park 3, and opened up one called Beach 5, again only partially finished. The blood stain was less pronounced, but still obvious. His face was cold and lifeless. And then another memory came to me, one that I had completely forgotten. I remembered the morning paper. I was reading through the obituaries, wondering if anyone I knew had died. I came across one. At the time, I refused to believe it was true, but now I know it was. Jeremy West, age 30 murdered mysteriously. They had found his body in a dumpster somewhere in town and had buried him in the local cemetery after a fairly informal funeral. The police claimed that he had been beaten to death, but they weren't sure with what. There was also no evidence as to the killer themselves. It was all a mystery. Now, looking around the room, things seemed more menacing. Suddenly, the room smelled like decaying bodies. I could even see small blood stains on the sheets that could easily be mistaken for ketchup stains. I slammed the laptop closed and took a few deep breaths. There had to be a rational explanation for all of this. Maybe it was a different Jeremy than I'd seen in the obituaries. Maybe it was my overactive imagination that caused me to see those things. Every possible situation flew through my head at the speed of light, but none of them were right. I knew it. I don't know how I knew, but my mind wasn't playing tricks on me, and I was definitely the same exact Jeremy that was in the obituaries. That was my sister's boyfriend, dead. It made so much sense now. Her strange behavior, the way she seemed to be supporting him in all the pictures. He was dead. But that arose a more nightmarish question. Who had killed him? Had my sister dug him up out of his grave, or... Did she kill him so that she could keep doing these photo shoots? Then the silence that penetrated the room was shattered. I heard the sound of the door slowly swinging open, creaking on its hinges. A few soft footsteps followed, along with the sounds of my sister saying, I can't believe I forgot the laptop. In a moment of sheer panic, I dove under the bed. I hoped that Mary would just grab her laptop and leave then maybe I could run for help and tell someone about this. As I scooted further under the bed, my leg was met with something. A shovel, covered in dirt and blood. I shivered. My sister padded quietly to the room. The only thing I could see of her were her feet. They walked slowly and deliberately to the bed where she grabbed her laptop. Then she opened it. Mary typed on a few keys, and putting her password. Then I watched as she stomped on the ground in fury. I know I didn't open that. Who on earth has been tampering with my files? Her voice was enraged, full of absolute hate. She stomped off out the room, but 
I wasn't sure exactly which direction she went. After a few moments, I prepared my escape plan. I would crawl out of the room, into the laundry room, and out through the laundry room window. After that, I couldn't hide out until daybreak, when I could tell mom and dad. As I readied myself to make my exit, I took another look around the room. Now that I knew about my sister, the whole room seemed more menacing. Then I heard them, footsteps coming back up the hall. I froze. Now what? What if she found me? I stayed where I was, listening to a rapid advance. As she entered the room, I stopped breathing. From the position I was in, I could see that she was holding something. A garbage bag. I watched in complete terror as she bent down slowly. Her face soon became parallel with mine as she stared straight in my face. Mary's expression was a look of complete insanity, a mix of joy and anger. My sister was truly mad. I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't scream. But then something strange happened, something I can only describe as a miracle. Mary's eyes swiveled around slowly, examining the area under her bed. I buried my face in the shag rug, wondering if she had actually seen me. She reached out. I squeezed my eyes shut. There was no possible way that she hadn't seen me. Her hand continued to extend past me and toward the shovel. She grabbed it and pulled it out from under the bed. It brushed against the back of my shirt as it was pulled out. I carefully turned my head to see my sister stroking the shovel and saying, It's time to see Jeremy again. With that, she turned and exited the room. Internet privacy is becoming more and more important these days, and using a VPN in general is the best way to ensure you've got it. And ExpressVPN has everything you'd ever want and need in a VPN, and more. I've tried other VPNs, but once I started using Express months ago, I've never looked back. ExpressVPN works on nearly every computer, tablet, and mobile device, and contains a huge network of servers, over 3,000 spanning 94 countries, with great speeds. You can use it to unblock popular online services like Netflix and Facebook, and they value your privacy more than anything. There are no activity or connection logs, and they use PWC audited servers to confirm compliance with their privacy policy. They are just fantastic, and I could not be more happy to be partnered with them. So if you are interested in trying it out, you can go to expressvpn.com slash clancypasta, or click the link in the description for three months free when you order a 12-month subscription. Using my link, you get an awesome deal, and it helps me out a ton as well. Alright, so without further ado, here's the episode. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. If you did, make sure to check out more of the author's work in the episode description, and go to youtube.com slash clancypasta to hear new episodes first. And if you'd like your story featured in an episode, feel free to email it to clancypastastories at gmail.com. You can always get your creepy cool merch at teespring.com slash stores slash clancypasta store. And I hope you all have a great night. Cheers. <laughs>